Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 50. Episode 50 of No Credentials Required. We are brought to you always by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Before we get to this week's episode, the, the before we get to this episode of No Credentials Required, which is the Friends with Ryan interview featuring Clark Monroe, producer from the Rod Peterson Show, just want to remind you to like, share, and subscribe on all platforms for podcasting, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts. Leave a review, write a review, five stars preferred. Um, and if you write a review, I might even read it on a show. Also, go to our social media channels for updates on shows. On Twitter and Instagram, it's BellyUpNCR. Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. And on YouTube, no credentials. Just search no credentials required. Hit the the notification bell. Hit the subscribe button. That way you'll be aware when we start making videos again. You'll know when they're up. Before we get into this episode, just want to remind you about our friends at Godzilla Media at Mohawk Honda. The current supply and demand challenges within the auto industry makes this the perfect time for you to get a top dollar for your vehicle. Right now at Mohawk Honda, you can take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. They will put cash in your hand for your vehicle the same day you come in, even if you don't buy from them. It's a pretty sweet deal, especially for all those recent college grads or students in need of a new ride or some extra extra cash. Mohawk Honda has consistently kept their lot fully stocked with hundreds of pre-owned vehicles. Their large inventory makes shopping fun as you browse through the many makes and models to choose from. You can also check out their full selection online at MohawkHonda.com. Stop in and say hi to Greg Johnson, the assistant general manager, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Louis the VIP man Morales, or one of the many helpful sales consultants here at Mohawk Honda. That includes my guy, Easy Evan Zuelan, who got me a really sweet deal on a new ride. There's a vast selection of Honda certified pre-owned vehicles, so now is the time to take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer, Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. Also, it is the 12 days of giving at Mohawk Honda. Head over to Mohawk Honda's Facebook page to nominate a charity to receive $5,000. Make sure to comment and tag the charity in the comments. 
along with liking and sharing their pinned posts on their Facebook page. From now until December 10th, which is this coming Friday, Mohawk Honda will be accepting d- submissions in the comments. On, de- on December 11th, Mohawk Honda will start announcing a charity a day until the 24th. 12 lucky charities will get $5,000 each. So share your nominations today. Also, just want to remind you, if you enjoyed this podcast and other Godzilla media shows, like Sports with T and a Z and Football in the Know, Join, make sure to join got make sure to join Godzilla Media at this year's Christmas party on Friday, December 10th. Godzilla Media is partnering with DeCrescenti, Heineken, and Hooters. Godzilla Media is partnering with DeCrescenti, Heineken, and Hooters for an exciting celebration. Levac and Gaz, well, I guess you could call them another one of our Godzilla Media shows. We'll be broadcasting live from Hooters from 5 to 7 p.m. If you bring any unwrapped Christmas gift, the staff from Heineken will wrap your gift for you. Save yourself some pain. Plus, if you bring any unwrapped kids toy to the event, you will have the chance to win $150 from DeCrescenti. Join Godzilla Media's first ever Christmas party to celebrate the holiday, enjoy delicious Heineken, and to share gifts this Friday, December 10th at Hooters. All right, so now we're going to go on to Friends with Ryan. This is Clark Monroe. Again, he's a producer with... Again, he's the producer for The Rod Peterson Show, and he hosts The Squadcast. Enjoy. And welcome to the Friends with Ryan segment, where both friends old and new gather around to talk about sports. Don't mind my cat's butt in my way, if you're watching on the video. But I'm bringing in my guest for this episode this, this installment of Friends with Ryan. If you, you may know him as producer Clark from the Rod Peterson show, you also may know him as co-host of the of the Squadcast podcast, uh, which airs on YouTube and Facebook, also available wherever fine podcasts are sold. We have with us all the way from Regina, Saskatchewan, Clark Monroe. Yeah, I was hoping Clark. I was going to get to talk to your cat tonight. Yeah, <laughs> Clark. Thanks for joining me. I know credentials required. How you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's a nice, clear day in Saskatchewan. It wasn't uh, too crazy cold up here. So, uh, anytime that's the case, we're we're a happy bunch. Awesome. Well, right now it's about it's very very windy and it's getting getting it's rainy up here in Albany, New York, or Saratoga, New York, where I live, and uh, we're about to get some. Let's get some some snow, which is which is you know par for the course in December in New York. So well, we'll take it. Oh yeah. yeah as long as got, it's not the three uh, feet, as long as it's not the three feet of snow we got last December, right before Christmas, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't gotten three feet yet, but we got a pretty good uh, storm in the last couple of days. So it's kind of calmed down now, and it's just nice and snowy now. So we're okay. All right. Now, your broadcasting career. What would what? what made you want to get into broadcasting you're you're a producer for rod peterson show you're a host of a the squad cast which is a which is a live show that happens a couple times a week what was your impetus what what what, tell us your why i'm I'm a big seth godin is godin fan he asked always asked for your why tell us your why why broadcasting sure uh so i um i was an athlete growing up uh, up here i played baseball hockey but i went to uh college play baseball when i came back to regina after college um, I didn't really have a sense. I was kind of one of those lost people. I didn't really have a sense of what I wanted to do. Uh, and the university here in, in Regina offered a sport and recreation uh, management course. Uh, I took that and it actually took me not to broadcasting first. I actually got into, uh, I, I worked with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, while mm. I was in school in, this, in the Canadian Football League. Um, in the Actually, like right in the front office with their general manager, I was kind of helping them with some odd tasks. And uh, that was like mind blowing, uh, kind of came out of nowhere and worked out really nice. Um, from there, I, uh, I got a job in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, um, which is the Junior A League here, which is below, for you, if any American listeners uh, are, are tuning in, um, it's a step kind of below the Canadian Hockey League. It's a tier below. Uh, a lot of people would compare it to the to the USHL, uh, which is yep. uh, growing a lot down down south, and it's actually USHL is kind of getting closer to the CHL every every year. But 
Um, generally, it's kind of on the same basis. And then, uh, so I was down there in, in Estevan, Saskatchewan for two years uh, with the Bruins. Uh, and then from there, I jumped over back to the WHL in my hometown of Regina, uh, which is where my family all lived and my wife's family lived. So it was good to get back home. Um, but the biggest thing there is I was the game day operations uh, director. And I, you know, for, for anyone who goes to a sporting event and, you know, you see all the the music and the graphics and the videos and the fan yep. engagement, that was mm -hmm. all, that was all my job. So uh, it was a ton of fun, but with that, I got to know the production company very well, which I, I'm wearing a hat today. IKS live, hey. um, IKS media. Uh, I got the, I got to know the the producers and the, and the boss over there pretty well because we worked basically hand in hand for three straight years. Um, mm -hmm. We hosted the Memorial cup in town. And with that, I was working lots of hours and, we got to talking, uh, me and my, my good pal, Ryan Baracco, uh, who is the, I don't really know what his title is at IKS, but he's kind of <laughs> like the right hand, right hand man to the boss. Uh, and you know, he kept telling me like, Hey man, what, what would you say to maybe come and work with us and doing some stuff with us? I'm like, I don't know, man, I have a job. Um, <laughs> and when I didn't have a job, uh, the after, a couple of years after the Memorial cup, the Pats did some shuffling, um, some, a bunch of staff kind of, you know, got either let go or moved on. And mm. with that, Paul from IKS said, come work with us. We got this project starting up called, uh, the, well, we're working on getting Rod Peterson on board. And I was like, well, there yeah. you go. That's that's something. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Rod is the voice of the Canadian Football League team for 20 years. Ryan, I think you've had him on this podcast several times. Twice. Twice. Yeah. There you go. Two exactly. <laughs> uh, Two-timer. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So anyways, he, he was, um, you know, kind of shifting roles himself and he, we, we started up this show from scratch. I was helping out with a little bit of everything at first, and we've kind of mm. gr grown our team since then. And uh, three years later, I'm still working with IKS. The Rod Peterson show is going strong, and we're having a ton of fun with it. And there's more and more stuff developing. So uh, long answer, why did I get into broadcasting? I guess it's because I got <laughs> fired. Uh, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, um, you know, for, for four or five years in junior hockey, I, I was running game days and, the the rush of working a live event was just always so fun and um mm -hmm. that kind of morphed right into live broadcasts uh it's the same idea you're trying to make sure everyone has a good time uh make sure everything runs smoothly and uh you get out of the event um knowing that it went well and that's one thing that i've always really enjoyed since i've gotten into it and it was an easy transition for me to jump in with iks because i knew everybody there so well and uh, it was so much fun to uh, kind of see how it's all grown since and see where it's going because there's a lot of stuff coming up, which is pretty exciting too. Yeah, I, I've had a, I've had a, uh, a, I guess I could say is he's a play-by-play -play guy for the Adirondack Thunder here in the ACHL, but he also does a, a lot of the media stuff. He, he prints all the, all the game oh, yeah. day stuff, does all the running around, trap does the travel make sure everybody gets their pat maybe make sure everybody has their passports because you never know <laughs> oh yeah we get called up and you have to go to belleville or you have to go to uh or you have to go up north newfoundland or trois Rivière, uh which is the canadians ECL echl team make sure everything is in order but kind of going back to the game day operations thing take me back and if you go back in your memory real quick what's the what's a typical night for somebody who's running game day operations what what are you making sure of basically if you have enough stuff to throw in the audience or you have enough games to go on or making sure everybody's safe with from the ice and you're you know have to wear something on your on your noggin protect your noggin take us take me take us take the audience through a, a typical night as a game day operator sure yeah so i mean depending on the night uh, it really starts a couple of days before because uh and for me really i i start all the way at the beginning of the season when i was doing it um, you have to map out the whole season in advance, more or less, because you have to make sure every sponsor gets their special night. And when that when that happens, we have to get certain things for each individual night. Uh, and you try to get that as early as possible so that you're not uh, the day of not having something that you need or something like that. So uh, mm -hmm. it's it's an ongoing all season long process. But day of um, you're making your final script. Uh, and as much as we like to say that hockey and sports and stuff aren't scripted, uh, it is to an extent, uh, but not yeah. on the ice. Uh, everything off the ice is extremely scripted. So uh, we have to know uh, down to the second pretty much uh, what promotions are coming up next, what uh, what re what whistle breaks we're going to have to do replays in, um, what we're going to have to do for certain music at certain times. 
so that's pretty much planned out top to bottom before the game, uh, especially in the bigger markets. And, and once you get into the bigger leagues, uh, all that stuff is completely planned out and scripted. So uh, there's usually, I mean, for us with the Pats, it was probably a little different than you'd see with an NHL team, but we had, you know, an eight or nine page script um, with basically every minute of the game kind of mapped out as to what will happen when. So that's kind of your thing in the morning. You get that ready, you get all printed out, or if you have a program on a computer of some kind, you get that all ready to go. Um, Get to the rink and make sure everything's, like you said, you make sure all the uh, promo equipment's in place. If they're throwing something, Mm -hmm. if they're giving something out, uh, you have to make sure that's all ready. Then you have to organize the staff when they get there, which is usually a couple hours before the game starts. Make sure they know what's going on because most of them, especially in junior hockey, most of them have other jobs. So they're getting off their job, coming to the rink, and you have to kind of tell them the entire game start to finish. Um, And then the the production staff, all the camera operators, all the, again, the DJ, um, everybody that has anything to do with the game itself, they all have to know what's going on too. So you got to tell them as well. Um, so it's, uh, it's a lot of prep and a lot of kind of just telling people what they're going to be doing at certain times. Uh, and then during the game itself, I'm, I was sitting up in the press box, looking down on everything and kind of had a Hawkeye view of everything. And, uh, yep. we have, we have mul- like multiple lines of communication with everybody involved and, uh, we're constantly talking. If you, as a fan, if you guys heard, uh, the amount of communication that goes constantly on these, on these communication lines with everybody involved. Uh, you wouldn't be able to listen to the game. Like it's it's constant talking all game long, uh, making sure everyone knows what's happening next, and and so nothing gets messed up because uh, mm-hmm. we don't want to be those people that uh, end up on YouTube or on TikTok with some viral video, something going terribly wrong. So <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of where that's that's the day in the life, I guess. It's a lot of planning mm-hmm. and a lot of scripting and a lot of uh, just prepping people constantly. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a what were your favorite nights to organize? I, I could I can imagine the teddy bear toss is, is one of those uh, events that are just it's just bonkers because the first yep. goal scored, everybody's throwing stuffed animals on the ice. It's 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 and you have to pick it. Everybody gets picked up. The late the game's delayed for 10, 15 minutes to get every make sure everything is cleaned up. But uh, I imagine that's pretty bonkers. But what were what were some of your other favorite nights to to be a part of the game day operations? Uh, it's always home opener for me. Uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, It's almost an easy question for me because home opener uh, is kind of how you set the tempo for your fans for the whole year. You come up with a cool, a new hype video that nobody's seen yet. Uh, you got the pyro sometimes. Uh, with us, we were always lucky. We had uh, some awesome pyro every year on the in the ice uh, or on the ice. Um, and you're introducing the, a brand new team to the crowd. And it's in junior hockey, there's a lot of turnover because it's, you know, 17, 16 to 20 year olds. Uh, and there's always a new batch of kids coming in. So there's always a new kind of a hope, I guess, for the fans. Uh, whereas in pro hockey, you might have a lot of the same team year after year. But in junior, there's a lot of turnover. So it's introducing this brand new group. Um, you know, if there's any, ever any off-season changes, it's their first look at the new and the new lineup or the new coach or something like that. And um, mm-hmm. I've always found that the home opener to me just feels the best because it's a lot of planning, but it's a ton of satisfaction when you do it right and everybody has a good time. So if, I was always the home opener for me. Cause again, I got to set the tempo for the whole year. All right. Now you're a uh, Saskatchewan born and bred. What's it yeah. like? What's it like growing up as a sports fan, Saskatchewan, like, like, like Albany, not a lot of whole, not a whole lot of major teams. I don't get the rough riders in the CFL. You got the Regina Pats. You got the Saskatchewan rush, which has been only last couple of years. Well, last play by, five ten uh, about five yeah. or seven years you've yeah, been in six, town but years, yeah. yeah yeah so what's it like being growing up as a sports fan in saskatchewan uh yeah like you said it's a lot of community a lot of local stuff uh junior hockey mm-hmm. is major here especially in our province because like you said uh we didn't have any nhl teams in our province uh and you know driving to edmonton and calgary 
constantly isn't typically an option for most people, especially with the roads in the winter. That's yeah, not exactly great. cost effective either. <laughs> That's exactly it. So, and we didn't have the Winnipeg Jets for most of my childhood. They left when I was like four, uh, and they only came back when I was, you know, into my twenties. So, mm-hmm. um, so for me, it was a lot of uh, the Moose Jaw Warriors. I grew up in Moose Jaw. They were gods, um, and yeah. they were terrible when I was younger. They were bad, uh, but. <laughs> But to me, they were like icons. Um, so, you know, watching the World Juniors uh, every single year. Mm-hmm. And if you got, if you were lucky to have one of your junior players playing on the World Juniors, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe I get to see this guy in a couple of weeks when he comes back to Moose Jaw. Um, so <laughs> like, things like that. And then I moved to Regina. And again, the, the Rough Riders are obviously huge here. Um, growing up, that's, that's the team. Like, again, it's kind of like that God status especially when you're growing up and your parents love it and your uncles love it and your cousins love it and your, your older brother loves it. You know, it's kind of a huge thing for a lot of mm-hmm. people here. Um, and again, they were bad when I was young too. Uh, they were real bad. Uh, it was only again when I was into high school when they really started taking off and they won the Grey Cup in 2007. Uh, that was mm-hmm. when I was in grade 10, I guess. So um, yeah, I actually remember I just got my license and I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to drive up and down the main street here in Regina and uh you know join the honking parties and it was crazy we were there for like four hours couldn't move in, in your car that year wow um so it was, that was a lot of fun but uh it's it's a lot of it's a variety and you said it with yourself ryan like there's a kind of a lot of you know close-knit towns where you live um mm-hmm. in saskatchewan uh there's not many pro teams around so with that in mind uh there's a lot of variety here in terms of fan bases yeah. there's we know we have a lot of Bruins fans here. We have a lot of Toronto fans, Montreal fans in terms of the NHL specifically. Uh, yep. You know, now there's Jets fans here. Edmonton, Calgary are huge, but it's really spread out um, because mm. we don't have our own team. So we everybody here has kind of adopted their own. Uh, so in that way, it was kind of fun growing up because you always knew somebody who was a fan of some other team. And uh, you could always, you know, have a good chirp with them or uh, or watch yeah. a game or, you know, everybody's pretty invested, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I would say growing up as a fan here, um, it was kind of weird. Cause you know, you, you don't get to, not everybody is a fan of the team you're a fan of. So it, it's pretty mm-hmm. spread out. Uh, so that, that was really interesting, but obviously the CFL here kind of is King. And then the rush came in, uh, again, that was kind of when yeah. I was already in my twenties when the rush came here and it's, it's up North in Saskatoon for me. And so that's three hour drive. Um, so yeah, it's extremely exciting for the province. And I know a ton of people have said it's like the best sporting events they've gone to. Uh, (laughs) it's, it's insane energy all the time. And, uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting there because I know they're making some stadium upgrades very soon that I, that I, my company might have something to do with just, just hint, hint. hint. Um, but (laughs) yeah. Um, so anyways, it's a, it's an exciting province to be in because there's, there is, as much as there's not a whole lot to do, it's it's almost uh, wide open and you can have a lot of options. So it's it's fun in that regard. Now, did you play any sports growing up? Did you were you into football or or hockey or lacrosse? Yeah, I was a little. I know the big major sports in in in, the, in that region, but yeah, what was your big? What was your sport? Uh, baseball, weirdly enough. Um, huh. You know, it's not even a huge sport here, especially when I was growing up. Um, there was only ever a couple of guys who ended up like, you know, going pro or anything like that. Mm. Um, Dustin Mulliken's a guy who comes to mind, who's kind of, he probably made the biggest impact recently. He was, he made it to the, to the majors and pitched a little bit. Uh, for the most part, he was a minor league pitcher. He's, he's a few years older than I am, but, um, you know, guys like that didn't come around a whole lot when I was growing up. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot, a lot of opportunities to go to colleges, um there wasn't a whole lot of off-season training here because again it snows it snows in october and then it's snow it's snowy here until march so you pretty much Mm -hmm. can't do any training there's only a three or four month season then it's gone it's done so when i was growing up it was baseball uh you know hard baseball in the summer and then uh right away you switch to hockey uh so that was mine i i didn't really play football much growing up until i was uh Going into high school, I played a couple years of football. Uh, I was a mm. receiver. I've gained weight since high school, but I was a receiver back in the day. <laughs> we we uh, all we all have Clark. We all have. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So, anyways, I did play a little bit of football, uh, but it was never the one I liked the most. Uh, I did, you know, I loved hockey. My brother was a professional hockey player. I think I mentioned that to you before we started. Yep. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I always had a, a massive passion for for the sport of hockey. And uh, my family, of course, had a lot of roots in it. But for me, I kind of found a calling with baseball. I, I got it a chance. Uh, again, not many guys my age or around my age were getting chances. So I kind of coattailed off my buddy who was going down to California. And I, I emailed the coach of the school and said, hey, uh, I'm a first baseman. I'm a pitcher. Uh, do you need a couple? You need, do you need a body? I can come down and, and, and play with my buddy Chris. And he was like, yeah, sure. Your numbers are good. I've talked to your, your provincial. We had, I was, I was on the provincial baseball team here, team Saskatchewan. Uh, so he yeah. talked to my coach there and uh, got, I luckily got a good reference. So I got a good chance to go down there. I, I only went down for a year. Um, it was just kind of turning into a thing that wasn't necessarily for me at the time. Uh, so I came back home, like I said, but yeah, I was, I was more into baseball and it was, and now uh, I'm actually helping train uh, baseball players here in the province a little bit. I haven't done it for a while, but for a couple of years, I was my buddy, Chris, who I went to school with, he, he owns a baseball training facility here now. And oh, cool. just to see just to see the opportunities that all these kids are getting now compared to when I was coming up, uh, I can't believe it. It's crazy how good these players are getting nowadays in this province. And it's just kind of getting to a point where now a lot of almost every kid who makes it to the AAA leagues here, which is the high leagues, competitive leagues. Um, almost every kid has at least an opportunity to go somewhere now for post-secondary university or schooling or, or some sort of college. So it's, it's kind of morphed a lot and baseball is really taking off in this province. And I love to see it because there was a lot of kids yeah. growing up that were, were really good players from with me, but there was just not very many opportunities for, for us in this province. And now there's a ton. So super cool to see the growth in the, in the province. Now let's transition over to professional sports and let's transition yes. over to baseball. That's your, that's your thing. Baseball is your sport. Yeah. Is it really disapp- is it disappointing to see uh, that you're basically your first, I guess you wouldn't say your first, but your but to see a work stoppage again in the in major league baseball, how, how does, are you disappointed in that? And when do you think they'll get back? Will there be spring training? Will there be pitchers and catchers in February? What's your take on it? Yeah, it is a crazy time in Major League Baseball. I've talked to a few different people in various different, you know, in media. Uh, I actually have a good connection with one of the players um, who plays for the Blue Jays, uh, Ross Stripling. He's been on our show, the Squadcast, and I'm hoping he's coming on again right away. Um, right. But I've talked to him, so um, we're hoping to get a better perspective from him and how he feels about all of it soon. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully this week or next week um, on our show, but. You know, I've talked to a couple of members of the media. I've talked to some fans uh, from various marketplaces. And um, it's a, there's a lot of confusion right now because uh, it's a big money league. Um, there's no issue in that. Uh, nobody's losing money necessarily. It's not like mm-hmm. um, there's a bunch of like, oh, no, we, we are, we're struggling. We're dying. No, no, it's not that. It's, it's just arguing over percentages. And, and there's a lot of issues. The, the hard part is, is that there's a lot of issues. Um, and they're, yeah. they're not necessarily complex, but there's a lot of them. Um, and I think it has to do with, you know, the big, the big boys are making money. We just saw that surge yeah. of free agents in Major League Baseball uh, right oh, yeah. before the deadline. Uh, there was multiple guys signing for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and the big boys are making their money. Uh, but I think where the Players Association is more concerned now is the guy the little guy uh minor league systems they're not getting they're struggling hard uh players can't even pay rent uh for example for the most part um out of the draft guys are getting uh, you know more or less screwed uh depending on if they're a senior in college or a high school kid you might get uh you know a fraction of the amount of signing bonus for example uh depending on your situation there uh, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of little issues that have just kind of piled up, and there's a, what the worst part is, is that it seems like there's no trust between the association and the league itself, the players association and the league. It's a broken relationship, and it has been for a few years now, uh, and that's the most unfortunate part because, again, I feel like they should be able to work it out. It's a lot of things that I think everybody would probably agree upon, but because mm-hmm. it's so contentious. Um, that's what worries me, uh, in terms of it, maybe not starting on time this year. Um, I've heard, you know, like I said, I was talking to somebody in the media and I said, what's your, what's your worry level on a scale of one to 10 in terms of this lockout happening? This was before it started. He said, it's a one, it's a one. And I said, Oh, interesting. And he's like, it's a one in that I'm not worried because I know that they're locking each other out. That's how fractured their relationship is. 
So I was like, right. well, that's that's concerning to me. If it's if he's if he's not worried at all because he just knows it's going to happen, uh, that's yeah. a little bit more concerning to me than some other things. So um, I'm not putting a huge percentage on it happening. I'm I'm holding out hope that again because a lot of the issues to me seem like they should be able to work themselves out. I'm hoping that they can do it, but. I mean, early on, Ryan, I don't know if you've seen the reports, but they've had two meetings that have ended in less than half an hour. Uh, so I'm not good. Not, <laughs> not good. Not great, Bob. Not great. No, no, exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm a little worried, but I'm just I'm mm. holding out hope until I hear otherwise. Now, is he is is your friend for the Blue Jays with the Blue Jays? Is was he one of the guys who kind of joined solidarity in putting up a silhouette of their uh, of their profile picture on Twitter. Did you see, did you see that uh, meme that was going on? Yeah. So I think they, they all have to do that. Uh, I don't think he right. posted any pictures of himself, uh, Ross stripling. Uh, he, he didn't post any pictures of himself doing it. I know that some players did, like you mentioned. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, it's funny because actually uh, I'll go back to another guy I was trying to get an interview with uh, for the Rod Peterson show. Actually not, not my, I was talking, trying to get him on Rod's show. Uh, yeah. And he's an MLB.com writer. And he said, hey, sorry, I can't, I can't do interviews for the next little while. Like, I can't. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com make public appearances because of our connection with all the legalities and I work for the league. So because oh, I work wow. for the league and MLB.com, uh, I can actually make public appearances on most media outlets. Like I think they can do some mm -hmm. stuff on their own, but they can't do stuff right. on other outlets. Um, so with that in mind, that's where all those player profile pictures come from is because <laughs> MLB.com is run by the MLB. It's run by the league and, they're basically they're locking the players out, so they blacked out all their pictures, and the players just yeah. thought it was hilarious. I, I think I like the fact that they're doing that. Like, go ahead, let's let's talk about it and get it open and get it out there, and uh, hopefully get some more conversation. Yeah, there, there was one player from the Mets who changed his profile picture to a sil to the silhouette, or, or had his profile picture changed to the silhouette, and he said to the, something to the extent of he sent a tweet saying something to the extent of. Yeah, major league baseball player will never take my likeness and uh, away. And then two minutes later, says, "I don't know what I don't know what likeness means." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one I saw, and this guy's kind of in a he's kind of in the doghouse right now. But Trevor Bauer, uh, he used yeah. to get fined. He used to get fined all the time for wearing Trevor Bauer gear, like his own gear, mm. um, and he wasn't supposed to wear it. So what he did with his player profile picture was he plastered his logo all over it and he's like they can't find me now they locked us out yeah. <laughs> so anyways i i know that a lot of people love trevor bauer right now but i just kind of thought that was a little funny that that is pretty funny that is, yeah. that is that is pretty funny but yeah do you think that do you think that the the flurry of contracts that were coming after the po after the regular season or the postseason ended right after the world series do you think that was in preparation for what was going to come with the with the owners locking out the players yeah, totally. It was 100% that. And I think there was a few agents, especially that's why it was all big money deals. You didn't see a ton of small yeah. money deals. Uh, mm -hmm. The agents, I think, wanted to get a little bit of lockout insurance because they all get a percentage, right? So they were all getting all these big money deals and all this, you know, front loaded contracts, salary bonuses, all that stuff early so that, you know, in case there is a long term lockout. The players are, you know, the players get a little bit of that because they, they would have gotten some signing bonuses and the agents also would have gotten a little bit. So I think they were trying to get a few of their big money deals done fast. Because, you know, typically, Ryan, we don't see a flurry of action at the beginning of free agency in Major League no. Baseball. It usually no, kind of trickles on. It's right before pitchers and catchers report. 
Exactly. It trickles, it trickles, it's slow, it's boring. And there's, there's really, you know, it drags on, but I was, I was actually kind of loving it for a couple of weeks there, just seeing all these deals mm. happening and guys moving teams. And I was like, all right, why can't we do this every year? This is fantastic. Uh, right. So anyways, it's uh yeah, I, I, I got a little bit of hope with that because, you know, I was thinking all these guys are signing and I know they're just trying to get their deals done while they can, but I was kind of holding out hope that maybe it, you know, they're, they're just kind of turning a new page and, and trying to get some stuff worked on. But yeah, as of right now, it's not the case. Well, that's too bad. That's too bad. You know, I was hoping to see some big, big signings by the Yankees. Unfortunately, they haven't made a whole lot of, I'm, I'm a Yankees fan. So I was hoping to see some uh, deals headed. There. They're usually in, in the conversation, but they haven't really signed anybody. They didn't sign no. anybody before, before the, before this lockout. They yeah, signed, I think they signed one guy for like two million bucks. Uh, I think he was like a depth reliever or something like that. And yeah, um, it was kind of weird because they obviously, uh, I think they want to make some changes in New York uh, with the Yankees. And you saw the Mets making some big moves, big moves. Yep. Uh, you Back saw you know, the Blue Jays made a bit of a splash uh, with Gosman and they re-signed Barrios and uh, you saw some other teams across the league, but the Yankees were really quiet. And I don't know, I don't quite know why. Because uh, mm, yeah, you would think um, like, so anyways, I, I don't know what the, maybe Steinbrenner didn't want to pay all these guys out before the lockout happened. Maybe he was, you know, being a little bit uh, holding, holding out on that. Well, the funny part is, is that he said that right before the season, right after the season ended for the Yankees, uh, very, you know, very, you, know, very, you can say with, it with a dud. With a dud, <laughs> I'll say it with, with disappointingly with a dud. Yeah, that they said that he said that they were going to be. He, he and both he and Brian Cashman said that we're gonna we're gonna be in content. We're gonna be in the conversation for free agency. And well, right. free agency came right before the lockout. And what happened? Yeah, what there, happened? I mean, there's still lots of guys out there. I mean, not everybody signed. So I think when when it does open up again, they're going to be probably be the first in line for a lot of guys still. Yeah. Uh, but they did miss out on some excuse me, they did be, miss out on some big fish uh, that typically they would have been hard on, hard after. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'm a little surprised, but at the same time, now I'm a little worried that when it happens and comes back, we're going to start seeing the Yankees getting everybody else. Uh, and not that that's a bad thing. I think there's still some really good players out there. Uh, so let's let's see what the Yankees end up doing. Yeah, um, uh, here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. Yeah. All right, so we're going to transition over to another big another big league that we're both we're both we both love that's the nhl you're obviously uh, and i see in the background there you're a uh maple leafs fan yeah yes <laughs> what's your impression of the maple leafs so far what's your what's your what's your quarter season grade because this is your time of the year usually that uh, for us here in new york this is the time of year when the report cards come out for the first quarter and you see where you are and you whether and you see whether you or not you want to make some improvements or you're happy where you are or you whether want to kind of make some make some uh, adjustments for your Maple Leafs. What's your what would you say their midseason not midseason but their quarter season grade is right now? Um, it's kind of tough because they there's kind of almost been a tale of two quarters so far. The first twelve games or so was I was a little worried. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they uh, they were struggling. They were losing games they should not have been losing. Some pretty badly uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins comes to mind. Uh, they weren't yeah. be like even when they were winning teams, it was kind of like they were just barely getting by. Uh, and it was a little you know worrisome in the fact that none of their big boys were scoring goals, which was scary because uh you know in the past years those guys have kind of carried the team um matthews marner Tavares, nylander those guys you know nylander had a decent start but the rest of them weren't uh then like you know 10 or 11 games into the season they they all started turning it on uh there was actually a stat that came out at the time that i think they scored like between the four of them they scored like 17 goals in a row for the leafs mm-hmm. uh, which which is great because they were winning games but at the same time then nobody else was scoring so it's kind of like a double-edged sword, like, oh, it's really good that they're scoring again, but now nobody else is. So what happens when they stop scoring again? Uh, so it, it kind of balanced itself out. And over the last you know, 10 games, they've been playing really good hockey. Uh, this past mm-hmm. weekend, they stumbled a little bit. Um, they played against the Winnipeg Jets last night. And that was a, you know, there's a couple of words I'd like to say. It was a, a weird, <laughs> it was a bit of a rough game. 
Um, <laughs> Winnipeg, uh, they were kind of throwing some guys around and there was a couple of knees and some injuries going on and it wasn't pretty. Uh, they lost that one and they lost the night before to the Minnesota Wild in a shootout as well. So they have lost two in a row. Um, but Minnesota and Winnipeg are good teams uh, yeah. as well. Um, so, I, you know, it's been a it, – they've, they've won seven out of their last ten uh, and they have the shootout loss in there as well. They're second in the Atlantic Division, which I'm I'm pleased with uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. I can't be really mad about it. They've had some great games. They beat Colorado last week, 8-3. Um, and that was not expected. Uh, no. uh, so that was great. Um, Colorado's a great team. So the fact that they kind of whopped them a little bit was awesome. Um, yeah. And there's been a lot of games like that where it's been like, okay, this is looking great. Uh, and in years past, there's been a, there's been consistency issues and they've looked really consistent now for the last stretch of games. So overall, I'm going to give it like a B plus um, mm-hmm. because I'm happy with it, that there's the fact that they're sitting second in the division right now. Um, things are looking solid, but at the same time, I still feel like it's early and us Leaf fans are, are playoff, playoff scorned. Uh, we, we, that's where we need to see it. So I can't give them too much of a great grade until we start seeing them actually performing when it matters. And that's kind of the attitude I think of most of Leaf fans right now is, yeah, no, it's, it's great. You know, it's great that they're playing good right now. Uh, but it's November, not May or June. And we need to see it in May and June before we really can let our guards down and, and get excited completely again. I, I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of the fans that's like, you know what, regular season doesn't matter at all. I'm still watching every game. I'm still enjoying it and having fun with the ups and downs. But, um, you know, until they really do it in the playoffs or at least show us they can win a round or two, uh, it's really hard to fully feel confident. Okay. Now, which teams have surprised you this season and which teams have disappointed you this season? Um, surprised. I, I want to say the, the Detroit Red Wings uh, yeah, in, in the division. Yeah. Um, you know, they're fourth right now. They're ahead of the Boston Bruins. Um, and I, I didn't think that the Red Wings were going to be at this point in their rebuild yet. Um, they're yeah. still a very, very young team. They have a lot of vets who are kind of just journeymen at this point in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, they made some snazzy moves in the offseason, though. Uh, yeah. Some that I now looking back, I really like. At the time, I didn't think they really made sense. Uh, the one I, at the time, Nick Letty, getting him from the Islanders, I didn't mm-hmm. think that really made sense because I was like, well, he's in his 30s. You have some young defensemen who need some time. Why are you getting Nick Letty? This doesn't make any sense. Now it's like, oh, no, that actually was a really good move. Uh, maybe yeah. I shouldn't doubt Maybe I shouldn't doubt Steve Eiserman. Um, <laughs> they, they've won five in a row, and they're sitting right behind the Tampa Bay Lightning right now, um, four points ahead of the Bruins. Now the Bruins haven't played many games. Uh, they've only played 21 and everyone else has played 24 or six or, you know, 24, five or six. Um, but that, yeah, that's definitely they have, one. Didn't they have, yeah, didn't they have, didn't they have COVID issues? The Bruins? Boston? Yeah. The no, Bruins, they've they have, just had or, a, or just because of the just, schedule. They just had a terrible schedule. They've had so many yeah. like four or five day breaks in between games and no other team has really had that yet. So the Bruins are finally just kind of catching up to a normal schedule. Um, right. The team that's disappointed me the most has to be the Islanders. And I, I'm not just saying that because I have a John Tavares jersey behind me. Um, <laughs> the Islanders, you know, everything has gone wrong with them this year. Uh, again, they lost Nick Letty. They lost Jordan Eberle. They traded away Andrew Ladd. Those things were kind of expected because they needed some cap space. They wanted to kind of go in a different direction. They had some younger guys kind of coming up. Um, but they've had COVID. They've had injuries. Nobody can score. They haven't gotten the goaltending they've needed at the right time. Uh, they started and, 13, their first 13 games on the road. 13 wow. on the road. And then they open up, uh, you know, two games at home, and they lose both of them terribly. And it's just like, yeah. oh, man, I, this was a team I personally picked. Up, I think I said I, they were going to finish first or second in the Metro, and they're currently yeah. last, last place. Uh, and that's behind, that's behind – uh, the Flyers, who are also having a terrible season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're probably the most uh, – th- those are two Eastern teams, but they're probably most the most disappointing for me in terms of teams that – A, the Red Wings, I didn't see them being this good, and I- I'm kind of mm-hmm. hoping they keep going because I-, I like their group. And the Islanders, yeah. I did not see them being this bad. I, was- I expected them to be at the top of the division. Um, outside of that, I mean – Everywhere else is kind of, I mean, the Avalanche aren't quite where I thought they would be. The Ducks mm-hmm. are higher than I thought they would be. 
Um, but you know, the Black, everyone else. The Blackhawks. I, I I'm surprised about the Blackhawks. Everybody thought they're going to be a wagon this year with, yeah, with some uh, with uh, adding Flurry and getting Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. I thought they're going to be a wagon this year, but they've been just bad. Yeah, nothing is going right there either. And um, I I want to say there is kind of a dark cloud around Chicago with the whole Kyle Beach scandal thing kind of coming to yeah. light at the beginning of the season. I don't think anyone was really um sitting comfortably around that team uh so i think there was a lot of you know they had to change stan bowman uh they had to do a lot they changed their coach all there's a lot of stuff that kind of went on early in the year and i think it just kind of shook the whole team uh Mm. i wouldn't i would not be surprised if by you know by christmas or by uh mid-january they might start putting some wins together um Mm. especially if they keep mark andre fleury and they don't trade him if they keep him I could see them kind of coming together a bit more as a team once they kind of settle down from what happened at the beginning of the year. Um, but they were in a really tough spot. So I, I can mm-hmm. I can see it. I was one of the ones, though, that said they were probably going to be close, if not in the playoffs at the end of the season. So we'll see. Like I said, I think, I think they're a team that we could start seeing them win some games uh, in about a month or two. Okay. And the All Canucks, right, tra- I guess. The Canucks. Yeah. The Canucks Ugh. are the other, like, just, I, I again, uh, I won't be too long in the Canucks, but uh, <laughs> I I said they would be a playoff team in the Pacific. I thought they were going to – it was going to be their year for some of their young guys to really pop off. Uh, Pedersen getting signed and Hughes getting signed right before the season, I was like, that's those are that's an omen for their team. I think they're going to be great. And no, no, none of them have been. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a little surprised. Like I'm quite surprised, I should say, by the Canucks in just how – I thought they were taking some steps and they have not at all. They took a bunch of steps backwards instead. So not great. Not great. Not great. I just kind of wonder, I just kind of wonder what uh, barbecue sauce they have over in, uh, over in, over the wings for the wings in in Vancouver. That, uh, the coach, their coach, the coaching change. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if you get the reference at all, but. (laughs) Uh Oh, what am I missing? What am I missing? (laughs) <laughs> oh, from uh, from uh, not Hard Knocks, but the uh, road to the road to the uh, oh road, sure the road to road. the Winter Classic. Yeah, road to the Winter Classic. Yeah, okay. Where yeah. Uh, uh, what's his face was doing an interview and he had barbecue. He had a uh, wing eating wings beforehand, and he had a uh, <laughs> oh sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Boudreaux, Bruce, you, yeah. Bruce Boudreaux, Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah. <laughs> he had they some must, he, he must like the selection over there. Yeah, <laughs> Vancouver's must, got a like... great, uh, it's a great food culture out in Vancouver. So I don't think you'll be mad. <laughs> All right, one last topic, and uh, we'll I'll let you go. How how is the uh, at, yesterday was the West Final, the East and the West Final for the uh, Canadian Football League, and Saskatchewan. That was a cl- that game. I'll say first off. That game between Winnipeg and Saskatchewan was a classic. Wow. But I, I got to ask, how is the mood amongst uh, amongst your uh, amongst your community uh, today? Is it kind of is it is it are they proud of their team? Or are they are they down or the dumbs? I mean, what what's the uh, what's the status of of Regina and the surrounding areas today? Yeah, I th- I think in this province, anytime the Riders don't win at all, it's there's a lot of overreaction. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's disappointing how much people overreact to these types of things here. Yeah. Uh, I know that obviously you can tell the passion here is ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a, a large group of people that, uh, are pretty happy the season came back at all. And the fact that the riders got yeah. second place in the division, which is not easy in the CFL, uh, in the West, especially there's usually four or even all five teams in the West are usually very competitive. So the fact that the Riders were able to put together a solid season, uh, finish ahead of our rivals, Calgary, uh, which is always good. They beat mm-hmm. Calgary in the West semifinal uh, to get yep. to the final in the West against Winnipeg, our main rival, Winnipeg. Um, you know, to, to beat Calgary and to do all that, beat Calgary at home, I should say. So we got to see a home playoff win. Um, I would I would generally say I'm, I'm pretty happy with most of how the season went. I think there's a lot of um, concern around the team's offense. Um, I know yeah. that Cody Fajardo, the quarterback, took a lot of the bulk of the blame uh, and a lot of heat on social media specifically um, because uh, of, you know, they had six turnovers and five of them in the first half in the in this West right. final against Winnipeg. 
and they were they lost uh they only scored 17 points total in the whole game um mm-hmm. so i think there's a lot of um wondering why that happened and i don't know if anybody really has the answers right now um mm-hmm. so that i think the off season here um is going to be quite interesting to see what they prioritize in terms of you know what changes they need to make uh, i know they had mm-hmm. a very very young offensive line uh, that yep. was one thing cody fajardo was under pressure a lot winnipeg is full of all-stars so i mean i'm yeah. not surprised that he was under pressure um literally but, and figuratively speaking too <laughs> exactly exactly i mean uh but all season long too there was a lot of sense that you know he was missing a lot of deep balls uh, i think he had one of the worst deep ball percentages in the league mm-hmm. um and is that receivers is that protection is that him um right. there's probably a combination of all those things uh, mm-hmm. But I think there's going to be some some real pressure on this management staff to fix a few things here in the province uh, over the offseason, and um, we'll have to see what they do. Um, but in terms of the rest of the thing, uh, the rest of the game and the rest of the uh, the other side of it, uh, Winnipeg, mm-hmm. you know, 100% deserved to be in the Grey Cup. And um, on the Rod Peterson show today, Darren DuPont kind of said it perfectly. Um, mostly everybody, and I'm not going to say mostly everybody, but a large percentage of CFL fans probably predicted Winnipeg and Hamilton to be in the finals this year. And they both are. Um, So if you would have told us at the beginning of the season that that was going to happen, I don't think a whole lot of people would have been shocked. Um, I think it's just that, you know, people start getting, you know, invested and all this stuff. So when things go bad, it's disappointing, but uh, Winnipeg hundred percent deserves to be there. Hamilton uh, has a great team. um, So it's going to be interesting because they have made a quarterback switch again. Uh, Jeremiah Masoli <laughs> has been the starter yep. there for several years, and it seems like every year he gets usurped by Dane Evans, but they keep going back to Jeremiah yep. Masoli. Uh, Dane Evans took over again in the East Final and went 100%, 16 for 16 in passing uh, for him. So I think it's finally time in Hamilton to just give Dane Evans the starting job <laughs> and let him have it. Yeah. Uh, cause he seems to do it every time. Uh, so that'll be interesting cause it's a rematch of the last time there was a gray cup. And, yeah. uh, I, I think it, it's in Hamilton. So there's a, a team at home for the gray cup, which, uh, has been happening a lot in the last decade or so, but, uh, it's always good to see because the, obviously the fan base is going to be strong. It'll be an exciting game. And, um, I'm looking forward to watching it over the weekend. Yeah. I, I, I tweeted last night after the game was over that it's this, this is the second time. And I think the last decade or so where the team that met in the previous gray cup met in the home in the season opener. And they also meet in the next season's gray cup 2009 and 2010 that happened with Montreal and Saskatchewan. And that's right. happening again with Winnipeg and Hamilton. So it's just funny that you know, what, what it's just funny that, uh, Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. My, I think, I think she might've got hurt or something. What's going on? Oh no. Okay? Oh dear. Okay. Well, I'm going to be done right away. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. My daughter's making an appearance. <laughs> ah, well, hello Your cat there. made an appearance. My daughter gets to make an appearance. Yep, my cat's <laughs> back in the room. So, all right. So, final. So, I'll, I'll, I'll. Uh, we'll, we'll cut this interview a bit short, Clark. But, uh, final prediction: Great Cup on Sunday. Who wins, and what's your final score? And who wins the uh, MOP and the and the outstanding Canadian? Yeah, I'm gonna say. Um, that Dane Evans is going to take this one. And I, I, I'm kind of rooting for Hamilton slightly just because I'd love to see them win at home. They've had a real tough go as a, as a team in terms of, you know, playoff success over the last few years. And they have some big names on that team who I think deserve a championship. Um, mm-hmm. Not that now with saying that Hamilton has kind of been a bit of a rivalry for us over the last couple of seasons. Just one second, honey. Okay. <laughs> what, honey? Yes, honey. Yes. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay. But yeah, (laughs) I think, um, (laughs) I think uh, Hamilton, I'd I'd love to see them win, even though they've kind of been a bit of a rivalry here for us um, in the Mm -hmm. last little bit. Um, Winnipeg had their championship last year. So I'd love to see Hamilton win it at home. They haven't had a great cup at home in in 25 years. uh, So I'd love to see them win it at home. I think that'd be a lot of fun for the league. Yeah. I agree. I think with uh... now we got an acrobat back here. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> I, I I've been saying this uh, basically for the last month or two that Hamilton was getting healthy at the right time, and I think this is where the payoff comes with having it at home. 
And yeah. I think if, if, if Hamilton wins, I think they're going to win on Sunday. If Hamilton wins, Bob Young is going to not sleep for a week because he's going to be, he's going to be gallivanting around town with that, with that great cup. Like, uh, like uh, Streveler did last season without oh, that, no I shirt. I want to see it. I want to see a, it. A, a, a big old, big old cowboy hat and a fur coat. I, I, yeah. I, I yeah, we got to see that. <laughs> and and just to to kind of further that, um, Bob Young has done so much for this league, uh, mm. and you know he, I think he has deserved this as well. I know that he's not a player, but he's you know the the amount of stuff that he's been doing for this league to keep it afloat. Um, I think yeah. is really important, and I'd love to see him kind of get it paid off for him. All right, Clark. Well, you've got a uh, you've got a uh, spectator in the background who's ready for uh, ready for <laughs> yeah. daddy time. But I think it's bedtime. Yeah, it's bedtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before you go, here's some, I gave you some time to plug your stuff. Where can the people find you? Where can the people find your podcast, your the squad cast, the live show? Work. It's your time. Go ahead and plug away. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So I. Uh, obviously check out the Rod Peterson show uh, every day uh, on all of our channels. Yes. You can find us everywhere. Uh, if you have the game plus television network on your TV cable provider um, that we're on there every day. So check us out there. Um, and then uh, every Tuesday night, uh, me and my buddy, Max, we host the squad cast. Uh, she's throwing pillows everywhere. Uh, we host the squad cast every <laughs> Tuesday night, uh, 8 PM Eastern time, 7 PM central. Um, and me and my buddy, Max, we kind of just go over the big topics. We have a lot of fun. Um, talking about, you know, the big moments, the big topics, but we like to go a little bit deeper as well with certain conversations. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we really have a good time with it. We have a great community over there of people who come in every week and we have great chat. Uh, We always get some interesting guests. And like I said, hopefully soon we're getting Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Ross Stripling for the third time. We've had him twice already. He's our Rod Peterson. We're trying to get him on for a third time. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, we have a lot of fun over there. Um, and we're, we got a lot of stuff kind of coming up, uh, with my company, IKS media, uh, which maybe we'll talk about another time, but, uh, you know, yeah. there's some fun stuff happening over there as well. So check us out there and follow me on TikTok at producer Clark, follow me on TikTok. There you go. There you go. TikTok. If I, if IKS ever expands into North America, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a ring. I got you. Awesome. All right. Thanks Clark. I appreciate your time. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. I also I want to thank Clark Monroe, producer from the Rod Peterson Show and host uh, co-host of the Squadcast, for joining me for the Friends with Ryan segment for No Credentials Required, episode fifty. Again, thanks for sticking with me on this journey, podcast journey. I know it's been kind of a rough ride over the last couple months this year, twenty twenty one, with stopping and restarting and stopping and restarting the show, changing the format up. I, I want to thank you, the listener. Tell a friend. Tell a friend about this podcast. Tell them about this, uh, this, 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 this podcast. It's, I, I think, you tell your friends, tell your family, like, share, subscribe. You know what to do. Leave a review. It's awesome. So I, it's been, it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey between losing a co-host and again stopping and starting again, and reformatting, retooling. Uh, I just want to thank you for being patient with me and for uh, hanging in with me. I promise we'll try not to disappoint you in 2022, but this has been episode 50. Finally, it took about a year and four months to do it, but we're finally here at episode 50. So again, before I depart, just want to remind you, also want to remind you about our bonfire store, bonfire.com. Just do a search for no credentials required. Buy yourself some gear, buy a t-shirt, buy a sweatshirt, buy a, buy, uh, support a charity, no shave November with our special no shave November t-shirt. Support that's one way you can support the show. Another way you can support the show is going to one of our sponsors, one of our partners at No Credentials Required, and that would be Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good quality coffee with no BS and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra premium, veteran owned coffee company, probably delivering only the best coffee your hard earned money can buy. They aim only to serve the highest quality organic, air roasted coffee beans sourced from sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you the value you deserve from your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% are roasted, 100% money back guarantee. Visit the link that's pinned to our Twitter profile, which is at bellyupncr. Also enter the code bellyup at checkout 
you get 15% off your order. Invader Coffee, fuel for the fearless. And again, thank you for joining me on episode 50 of No Credentials Required. I want to remind you to like, share, subscribe, any podcast platform, write a review, five stars preferred. That way, you know, we love you, that you love this podcast. And also visit us on our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. And finally, on YouTube, search for No Credentials Required and subscribe. Hit the notifications bell. Like I promise you, we'll have more videos coming up in the new year as we kind of dive into the YouTube side. So again, thanks for joining me on No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. See you next time. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.